This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. It all started, I think, in Mike McDaniel's first, I don't even think it was like an interview or a press conference. It was just a video where he said it, Josh. Check your pulse if you're not fired up. So I want to start this pod with a couple stats I have here, and I want to call them Check your pulse if you're not fired up stats. And these all come from Robert Mays of the Athletic Football Show. The Miami Dolphins, they lead the NFL in success rate on offense. That's the percent of plays that are successful, efficient, breaking news on that one. On top of that, they have the highest big play percentage in the league. 17.5% of their plays have been explosive so far. There is a bigger gap between them and the team in second, between the team in second than the team in 11th so the gap between one and two is bigger than the gap from two to 11 that is how explosive this Miami Dolphins offense has been one more stat Josh I can sense the goosebumps already 25.3 percent of pass attempts have gained at least 16 yards the Dolphins led the league last year with 18 percent so they are already at 25% of their pass attempts, Josh, going to 16 yards. What is making this pass attack work so well, especially you consider, man, it's Tyreek Hill. You usually think Jalen Waddle's the 1B, but he's had his big moments, but I don't think we've even seen Waddle hit his ceiling yet. So what makes this offense just hum play after play? Yeah, that's what's so intriguing, right? These guys haven't even some haven't even maxed out their potential yet. But um, you're asking what makes it go. I mean, is it cliche to say Mike McDaniel and Tua Tungvaloa? I mean, this is his second season in this offense. It's clear that Tua Tungvaloa has a better grasp of things. You see the way they're using this inside-out motion to kind of open up space inside those defenses and make things a lot easier for Tua. I think he's getting the ball out quicker than just about anybody in the league. That He probably is the quickest. I, I should have that stat up, too. I think I'm sure I retweeted that. But um, I believe the way Tua Tungvaloa has a grasp of this offense, the way Mike McDaniel's and things getting his playmakers in space allowing them to get that yak yardage it's just crazy man because last season you know we were what sixth in the nfl overall offense to see that thing already ballooning up here you're listing off all these insane stats man what world are we living in i mean this offense somehow got better than last year at least early on it seems so um it's all clicking man and i think it has a lot to do with the guy in charge to a time below obviously and then you got to give credit to the offensive line because without that offensive line taking that next step and really stepping up this year. You know, they heard the naysayers talking about how, um, you know, they weren't good enough, how Tua was going to get hurt. They've really stepped up, only allowed one sack. So it's everyone, uh, one big harmony. And then we won't even talk about the defense till later, but it's all coming together, Jake. It feels good. It feels real good. 
it is so crazy to me that Tua can get the ball out in less than two seconds. So he's getting the ball quickly and the Dolphins still are throwing the ball farther downfield than any other team. That just to me blows my mind because you look at this Denver team and I think an issue with Russ is sometimes he'd let plays develop and as a result, he'd get hit. The fact that the Dolphins have that perfect balance of not letting Tua get hit and still launching the ball down the field is so impressive. Josh, season op- or a home opener, excuse me, Hard Rock Stadium, Tyreek Hill wants to make a statement. I know that for a fact. However, the Denver Broncos have a pretty good cornerback in Patrick Sertain II. He shadowed Devontae Smith in week one, who caught six of nine targets for 66 yards along of 18. That kind of sounded like what the Patriots did to Tyreek last year, where they were really trying to limit what the Dolphins were doing um, in the air, where Hill caught five of nine targets for 40 yards and a touchdown. Do you think someone like Patrick Sertain will shadow Hill? And if so, how does he do that with all the motion the Dolphins are using in all the different directions? Yeah, I mean, that's what Denver's trying to think of right now, right? How do we cover him? I mean, if Jalen Waddle's out, that obviously probably makes them more likely, perhaps, to maybe shadow Tyreek Hill. Because then if you have Sertan matched up on him, then you're asking, what, River Craycraft, Braxton Berrios, Eric Azucoma to get open. And, you know, you got to like your odds there compared to Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill. So I don't think Denver even knows how they're going to stop this thing. I do think Patrick Sertan's obviously one of the best. I just never know if my audio goes out there. Obviously, Patrick Sertan's one of the best corners in football. Um, we all love his dad, right? Um, so I think he'll sh- definitely shout out Tyreek Hill. And then we just got to see who Damari Mathis and those other guys in that secondary matchup against. I did look it up the last time uh, when Tyreek Hill was with the Chiefs in 2021. He was matched up against Kyle Fuller. So um, first battle between him and Patrick Sertan. It'll be an interesting one. And uh, we'll see who comes out on top, right? But I do think with Jalen Waddle most likely out of this, it'll make things a little bit easier for that Broncos defense. There's a SpongeBob quote, and I should have looked up beforehand, but it's just Patrick, Patrick basically yelling, let's take um, let's take the city and, and move it over there. And it's just this really generic, silly quote. But it kind of feels like, Josh, that's what the Dolphins are doing with their offense. It used to be attack the middle of the field, attack the middle of the field. It seems like Mike McDaniel said, let's take the middle of the field and push into the sideline. It was so fun to watch that Patriots game because if you look at Tua's um, passing chart, it was so many passes to the outside. And then all of a sudden when the Patriots decide, okay, we need to get out there and cover these receivers, boom, Raheem Mostert, 40-yard rushing touchdown. So can you tell me a little bit about this balance you're seeing from this uh, offense and how defenses might be able to stop it? Because it just does seem like you can't really get a good taste on what the Dolphins are trying to do. Yeah, man. I I mean, I really don't know if you can stop it. Everyone's trying to throw things at him. I mean, Brandon Staley had to feel pretty confident week one, and he got absolutely obliterated trying to stop this thing. So now with this new motion that they're using with the run game finally starting to pick up, you know, Mike McDaniel actually committing to it. I don't know. You got to take away one of those assets, uh, facets of the game. And I don't know that anybody can right now with the way the offensive line's moving. Um, so I guess you have to hope that you can take away Tyree Kill and have Tua beat you with using those other weapons. But I, I don't know how you do it. I know that Bill Belichick had a nice plan. You know, they were trying to take away the middle of the field. Um, Denver does have two very good linebackers, Josie Joel and Alex Singleton. Both are very good. I think, uh, Two sacks for Joel. They're both pretty good in coverage. So that could be a matchup where, again, they take away the middle and, you know, force the Dolphins to the outside. But you you mentioned that passing chart, man, and it was just like splatter art. And he was just, like you mentioned earlier, so quick with that trigger, man. I mean, that's what's so impressive, that he can put the ball with the anticipation accuracy that he does in such a quick time. And the way he's reading these defenses. There was some uh, bar graph that I don't even understand that just came out today that was showing now he's like, um, you know, from the first read to his next read or whatever, this, that, and the other thing. Impressive stuff from Tua. And 
Denver Broncos defensive coordinator's old friend Vance Joseph, and we know he likes to blitz the quarterback. So that, too, is going to be another interesting level. Remember when there were rumors of him being the new head coach? Could you imagine him over Mike McDaniel and how uh, we'd be talking about what if for the rest of our life? Dude, I- I'm so for once we dodged we dodged the ball and just hit the nail on the head of the uh, head coach. And that's the special thing, man. You only have to nail the head coach higher once. Because once you got your guy, you don't have to worry about it ever again. The Denver Broncos defense last week surrendered five yards per carry against the Commanders. And then, you know, we mentioned it. Raheem Moster was an absolute monster last week. 121 yards on 18 attempts. And, Josh, I think something, if you can post it with this um, podcast, we don't talk enough about how just flat-out mean Raheem Mostert is. There was one play he was going to the sideline where there was a, a Patriots defender just trying to pull him down. He just shoved him down to the ground on the sidelines, and it was the funniest thing where he's just, like, looking at him and starts screaming. Raheem Mostert is a bad, bad man. The fact that anyone thought that the Dolphins would need a true blue number one running back, if this man is healthy, dude, he is an absolute stud. So considering that, considering how the Broncos struggle to stop the run, who has that big day? I think we all want to say Tyree Kill, welcome to Hard Rock, season opener, let's sell some tickets. But man, Mostert seems to be emerging as a just a devastating weapon. Yeah, and if you guys listen to this podcast, I think both of us were just kind of confused. I mean, I know Jeff Wilson's hurt, but we were both confused as to why um, a lot of these fantasy analysts had Jeff Wilson ranked above Raheem Mostert. So um, love that you brought up that stiff arm, Jake, because it did look like you know a big cat playing with a kitten and just kind of like get off me, man. You're not you're not doing anything. It was a okay. it was just. It's just a different, you know, he, he brings that to his speed and explosiveness, and that's not really part, you know, what Raheem Mostert's known for. So he's getting bigger this offseason, working harder, and as long as you mentioned it, as long as he's healthy, man, the, the sky's the limit. I was going to say, as far as someone that kind of breaks out, could we go with Devon A-Chain? I mean, I know we're talking about touches, and I mentioned Eric Ezukomo. We know Salvin Ahmed's likely out. Could Devon A-Chain be that guy? I mean, I see him breaking off a big play, and that's really all you would really need for, you know, to, to start getting more touches and more involved in this offense. So, um, I like Raheem Mostert, but I'd go a little bit further out of the box thinking and maybe even say Devon A-Chain based on, you know, how explosive he is. But, dude, I, I don't know how Denver's going to stop this after what they did last week. And you just got to hope Mike McDaniel continues to commit to it because if you can run the ball for five yards per carry, um, you know, you're going to probably win that game. Sylvan Ahmed in each of the first two weeks got about six touches, a couple targets, a couple uh attempts just running the football. And I think one of the things, Josh, that made him so successful – one, he's fast, but it was a kind of a sense of, oh, crap, there's another fast guy out there because you're thinking about Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, all these different guys. You have Raheem Mostert in the backfield uh, when Selvan Ahmed is getting the ball. So not only do you have to worry about the speed, it's the fourth worry of speed. It's the fourth thing down on your checklist. That's why I think I like Selvan Ahmed as a pick of just someone who, by the time you realize the ball's in his hand and you, by the time you realize Devon Achain's really fast, that it could be too late. That's the opportunity I look for. I, I do like the opportunity for him to uh, jump in here. Can we get that first Alec Ingold touchdown too? We've been waiting on this for three weeks, and it just seems like we're so due for just like the Alec Ingold barreling in just to kind of have a statement touchdown. Yeah, and he was playing really mean last week too. I, I don't know what – all these guys are just being bullies out there. So you love to see it. I do want to see Alec Ingold get in the end zone. Um, he's definitely due. I think we both predicted him getting one in what, week one? So we, yeah. we want that Alec Ingold touchdown bad. The Broncos got to Sam Howell for four sacks a week ago, Joshua. The big key here, well, a very interesting 
development is Teron Armstead. It looks like he is trending in the right direction to play on Sunday. And when you look at this Denver Broncos pass rush, it's led by Randy Gregory. He has one sack on the season, a former second round pick of Dallas. Josh, what does this offensive line look like on Sunday? If Teron Armstead is playing, does Kendall Lamb still find a way out there after being so successful for two weeks? Or do you just kind of sit easy knowing you have a great backup just waiting ready to go? Yeah, I think they'll probably do that last part, Jake. You know, they'll send Kendall Lamb to the bench and keep him as that break in case of emergency because we have seen what he's done um, throughout the first two weeks. Even dating back to last year, he looked pretty solid out there. I do think Kendall Lamb's on record is saying he is more comfortable on the right side. Is that is that am I mistaken with that? I'm not sure, but I would wait to see if Austin Jackson slips up and then put Kendall Lamb out there. But we always hear the best five will play, and I mean, you could probably make an argument that Kendall Lamb's playing better than Austin Jackson. So we'll see how it all comes down. Um, you mentioned Randy, Randy Gregory. He's a, you know, a beast off the edge. Hasn't really been putting up those crazy numbers this year. Jonathan Cooper leads the team with two sacks. Um, so those guys up front could give the Dolphins a bit of a, you know, worry. But I, again, man, I'm uber confident in the way this offensive line has played. Probably shouldn't be, but um, I'm not too concerned with that pass rush. But as soon as I say that, you know, now they're going to put up what? I'm not even going to say on my sacks. I'm not even going to predict it.